Following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Pataka Swami Maharaj on November 1st, 1992 in Mathura Desh. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 3rd Canto, chapter 31, verse 19. Translation by His Divine Grace of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami The living entity in another type of body sees only by instinct. He knows only the agreeable and disagreeable sense perception of that particular body. But I have a body in which I can control my senses and can understand my destination. Therefore, I offer my respectful obeisances to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, by whom I have been blessed with this body, and by whose grace I can see Him within and without. Translation is repetition. A living entity in another type of body sees only by instinct. He knows only the agreeable and disagreeable. 
sense perceptions of that particular body. But I have a body in which I can control my senses and understand my destination and can understand my destination. Therefore, I offer my respectful obeisances to the Supreme Personality of Godhead by whom I have been blessed with this body and by whose grace I can see him within and without. Report by Srila Prabhupada. The evolutionary process of different types of bodies is something like that of a fructifying flower. Just as there are different stages in the growth of a flower, the bud stage, the blooming stage, and the full-fledged, full-grown stage of aroma and beauty, there are 8,400,000 species of bodies in gradual evolution. There is a systematic progress from the lower species of life to the higher. The human form of life is supposed to be the highest, for it offers consciousness for getting out of the clutches of birth and death. The fortunate child in the womb of his mother realizes his superior position and is thereby distinguished from other bodies. Animals and bodies lower than that of the human being are conscious only as far as their bodily distress and happiness are concerned. They cannot think of more than their bodily necessities of life, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. But in the human form of life, by the grace of the Lord, the consciousness is so developed that a man can evaluate his exceptional position and thus realize the Self and the Supreme Lord. The word Dhamma Sariri means that we have a body in which we can control the senses and the mind. The complication of materialistic life is due to an uncontrolled mind and uncontrolled senses. One should feel grateful to the Supreme Personality of Godhead for having obtained such a nice human form of body and one should properly utilize it. The distinction between an animal and a man is that the animal cannot control himself and has no sense of decency, whereas the human being has the sense of decency and can control himself. If this controlling power is not exhibited by the human being, then he is no better than an animal. By controlling the senses or by the process of yoga regulation, one can understand the position of his self, the super-soul, the world, and their interrelations. Everything is possible by controlling the senses. Otherwise, we are no better than animals. Real self-realization means, uh, real self-realization by means of controlling the senses is explained herein. One should try to see the Supreme Personality of Godhead in one's own self also. To think oneself the same as the Supreme is not self-realization. Here it is clearly explained that the Supreme Lord is an Adi, 
or Purana. And he has no other cause. The living entity is born of the Supreme Godhead as part and parcel. It is confirmed in the Brahma Samhita, Anadir Adir Govindaha. Govinda, the Supreme Person, has no cause, he is unborn. But the living entity is born of him, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, Mamayavan Saha. Both the living entity and the Supreme Lord are unborn. But it has to be understood that the Supreme Cause of the part and parcel is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Brahma Samhita therefore has said, therefore says that everything has come from the, uh, from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sarva Karana Karanam. The Vedanta Sutra confirms this also. Janmadasya Yataha. The Absolute Truth is the original source of everyone's birth. Krishna also says in Bhagavad Gita, Aham Saravasya Prabhava, and the source of birth of everything, including Brahma and Lord Shiva, and the living entities. This is self-realization. One should know that he is under the control of the Supreme Lord, and not think that he is fully independent. Otherwise, why should he be put into the conditional life? Thus end the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport of Hex 19, Chapter 31, Canto 3 of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Kapila Muni's teachings to Devahuti, in the matter of the movements of the living entities. How many are regularly attending the Bhagavatam class? can say, what is this section about? This child, the child's speakingness is in the womb. On the seventh month, the children in the womb, they take consciousness. So, he's facing a lot of uh, inconvenience in the womb. Sometimes in the womb, the child before birth can Remember up to 100 births back. But at the same time, physically, that they fall into a pool of blood, stool, and urine within the abdomen of his mother, his own body is scorched by the mother's gastric fire, his body is so anxious to get out, counts his months and says, Oh my Lord, when shall I let your soul be released from this? But he's praying to the Lord. Sometimes the uh, there's worms in the gastric area, then they fight the baby also. The mother smokes and drinks, and this adversely affects the embryo. Now science has also found that out. The mother takes hot chili. It's burning. All these things have effect. Now the child realizes that unfortunate 
Somehow I wonder this time I'm gonna, I got the human body. When I get born, I have the human birth. So this is very good. Because I can control my senses and my mind. So, but then the child can also see that once I get born, I'll get uh, captured. The little child forgets everything. Once you're born, you forget your previous life, you forget everything. And then all the mother and father and relatives are giving so much love and affection to the child thinks that there's a whole world that's for me to enjoy. I think everything should be done according to the way I want. This uh, child is making determination. When I get born this time, I'm going to be fixed in Vishnu Bhakti, devotion to God. This way I keep a clear consciousness, I won't get entangled again. Of course, once you're born, then it's very difficult to just call the Maya. These teachings like Kapila Muni are very eye opening. Still, you might find people that say, oh, these are all mythology. Yeah, I've taken the science course, and I'm sure many of you have taken science course. Many science courses are not as scientific as the Kapila Muni's teaching. <laughs> Some kind of professor was on speculating, you don't know what he's talking about. He is giving the Sankhya process means analytical study of the material nature. And it's exactly Embryo, head turned towards the belly, back and neck arched like a bowl. Exactly the shape, position. Within four months of the data conception, the seven ascension beams of the body, the child, blood, flesh, fat, bone, marrow, or semen come into existence. Like this, step by step, fifth month, hunger, thirst, are felt, sixth month, the fetus enclosed by the amnion begins to move on the right side of the abdomen. So it's very systematic explanation. You don't now only in the past hundred years have the uh, science, modern so-called modern science, taken the embryo from the womb and kept in the formaldehyde. You can see this. It was written in Sanskrit codes over 5,000 years ago. It tells exactly what shape, what size, how the embryo is growing. Uh, so our sages were so advanced. Even within 100 years ago, in 1800s, I think in the 1700s, if you say this thing in uh, Europe, you'll be uh, burned at the stake. You say you're a witch or something. Now they are very proud, but only they know these things in the past hundred years or so. But these are uh, known by our Gishis in the Vedas since uh, time immemorial. We didn't have to go to all the laboratories and everything to figure. They already got everything and just uh, they read the book. They get the whole picture. What is the material life? Then they can focus on what is the ultimate objective of life. Actually, we should realize the super self, we should realize the self. This is the whole purpose of life. Human beings can control their senses. 
that is so that they can do yoga and realize the, the absolute truth. But of course, now instead, so many courses how to make friends and uh, influence people, how to control yourself, simply for the purpose of getting a higher standard of living, how to eat, sleep, made and descend in a slightly better standard. So although, of course not only, so ultimately it comes to that, that even the scientists, they really control their they sometimes some of them are doing research for long hours to describe, find some medicine or to discover some better transistor for a computer or something. But then uh, people get extended life. So the same thing they're just thinking if I can eat, sleep, mate, and descend, that's uh, as long as possible, that's the goal. The true purpose of life is not to just, uh, these are like a maintenance factor to eat and sleep and uh, make descent. The actual goal is that society, the whole society, should be headed towards a God realization. We are enjoying the senses. That same happiness is there in animal life. Not a different type of happiness. Same happiness they're getting in animal life. If somebody just has uh, that uh, direction in life, the next life, they can also get birth as animal. Some decades ago, there was one Indian astrologer. He said that uh, he calculated, he said that, well, our previous Prime Minister of India, he's taken birth as a, as a dog. I don't know if he's joking or saying the truth. He said, yeah, he's taken a birth as a white dog in uh, Sweden of a millionaire. He's got two dogs, one very white and one black, male and female. So they have two, three servants, they're giving daily massage, they're cleaning, giving as much meat to eat, everything. A little house they have. He's very comfortable. All the things he desired in the previous life, now he's got. When our devotees were in the, the high court in uh, India, there were so many the bedbugs were biting their head. That the whole rear side was getting swollen up. These bedbugs. Someone said, what you do is you just put your legal brief on the seat and sit on that. All these bugs are reincarnated uh, lawyers. And they, they respect the legal brief. They were sucking the blood from their clients. Now they took birth as uh, the bed bugs. So go on, continue sucking. So if you put the legal brief, then they won't bite because they respect it. So they did that, they put the brief inside, they didn't bite. 
Well, these are very scientifically hard to verify whether this is true or not. But then law of karma is possible. It's possible. We don't say that emphatically it's true or not. That's beyond our ability to see at this point. But it's possible. Within the realm of possibility. So, maybe someone may be very big uh, in a big seat in this life, the next life it may be the red bug in the same seat. What is the use then? Sometimes the politicians are going for the asan. You want the gadi. So then next life they may also get the same gadi as the dead bug. Then what is the use? So previously the rajas or even the prime minister, whoever it was, the Vedic culture, the idea was, okay, this life, at this position, in the next life I should get something better. So they did much uh, punya. The Vedic kings are always trying to do punya, highest activity. Those are really the rajashis. They try to do uh, even uh, spiritual activities to get mukti. This whole Srimad Bhagavatam, after all was spoken by Sukadeva Goswami to a king. Rishit Maharaj's priority was that uh, he should go back to home, back to Gaza. Adama Muni is the father of uh, Apulade. He was a great Rishi. Devahuti is actually the princess, daughter of uh, Maharaj Payambhuvamanu. She was a Greek, she wanted to marry with a Brahmana. In those days there was some intercast marriage was allowed for a higher purpose. So she was uh, accepted a lot of austerity. And she was her, uh, serving her husband in a hermitage. Later he provided her all kinds of things. And then uh, it was agreed before the marriage. But after he gave her a male child, he would go and take some marriage. It's a very exceptional marriage contract. So, he, as the child grew, then he left and put her under the charge of Nafila. Kapila is explaining this also to this uh, Maharani, daughter of the great king, universal king. So in those days, also these things were among very great people. They tried to utilize the human form of life for the best purpose. Nowadays, hardly there's any, uh, there's only very few royal families in the world. Maybe there are a few places there are. But uh, Mahaprabhu, he has made this sense uh, of everyone. He told everyone to read the Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam. This great science is now available to everyone. He gave the blessing. Even the most fallen person, even very simple person, they take to the 
Captured up by the illusion, misuse the free will, and we are made so this all is at this point in a very objective viewpoint. You can see what there was in the previous slide, everything. We decide that this time I don't want to misuse my free will. I want to properly use it in your service. I will explain it in the Vedas it says the difference between a human being the animal. Here many times it mentions this. When a human being is eating, mating, sleeping in the family, animal is doing the same thing. The difference is human being means we have karma. We have a higher purpose for cheating God. So human being means what? Animal plus dharma. It's human. So if you say human minus dharma, what is it? Higher level man. So this is a problem. People are facing. That's why Prabhupada he was often criticizing actually the modern civilization is in the in the real if you get right down to the basic denominator, it's quite animalistic. Trade of controlling the senses that humans have. They're using that simply for refining the animal side. An ultimate issue they don't control. Some years ago in New York there was a load shedding. First time, here we are regularly having power careers, so we're quite accustomed. Especially, yeah, especially Calcutta, we are quite, uh, quite expert in this matter. <laughs> Sometimes 20 times in an hour also. <laughs> Both the sides really. So, yeah, it's really good for the, uh, Generated company. But in New York they don't have very frequently, it's very rare. So one day there was a power failure. Or I think there was 12 hours or something. Because during that 12 hours, so that as soon as the people realized and came out that the power failure is there, they went wild. They started looting all the stores. Uh, there's no light, so we can do anything we want. It just went wild. It started breaking the stories down, moving. We just had to start firing. There was a that that nine months later from that day, whatever the gestation period, how many pregnancies were there? People were stuck in the elevators. They were raped. So many horrible things like that. They just went wild and no electricity, somehow they thought like nobody's watching, lights are out. They just did anything they wanted. So all the animalistic uh, tendency, they just let it fly. And now recently the racial riots were there in Los Angeles. Some devotee went wild, a building completely burnt down, nothing there. There was 
वन साइन बोर्ड Candy bar advertising. It has some caption on it, something like a suitcase of life or something like that. And that was the only thing standing. All was burned buildings and everything. The sweet life or something, or the good life. It was standing. Everything is burned. They took a photo. That will come up some probably in the future whenever I back to that. What is it? This is a. Even animals are not so cool. They don't kill for no reason. They kill because they're hungry. The tiger will kill and eat. But human, when they become animalistic, they become worse than animals. They will kill out of hatred, envy, for no productive reason. But the human being becomes animalistic, they're worse than animals. No animal will make the people get down from the bus, line them up, and then just machine gun the women, men, children, everyone down. But humans are able to do that, all blood. We are proud that we are human beings. We should be, we're lower than even a tiger or lion. They won't do such a thing. They won't go, they can kill so many animals. They just kill one, eat it, and take rest. Okay. They get hungry, go out, kill another one. This is Kali Yuga. The animal propensity becomes so active that this really becomes a hell on earth. We're just getting a glimpse now. In two places in the world. But in the future, it will become much worse. Before that uh, happens, before the world really generates, we want to establish the Krishna conscious uh, spirituality in the world, unite all the religious people together, create the proper spiritual revival, so that for the 10,000 years we can have uh, Krishna consciousness in the world. After that, then it is going to become very full-grown Kaliya. Maybe before the good period, it will become much worse also for people that are just shocked how low human beings can if they don't have dharma. So here's Kapila Muni. He's giving a very scientific explanation. What is a human life? What is the loss of karma? What is the factor? So what is the conclusion? A very clear conclusion we should be Krishna If someone really understands life as it is, as a proper knowledge, they come to the conclusion, I should be Krishna conscious, I should serve Krishna. The Krishna consciousness is not just like a blind fanaticism, blind dogma. It's based on knowledge, based on vidya. It's due to lack of knowledge that people are deciding to do so many horrible things. So our best protection from maya the chanting Hare Krishna and studying the Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, this knowledge protects us. 
mentally prepares us to control our senses, gives us the reason, the direction, why I need to control myself. He is trying to tell everyone, this world is flow, do whatever your senses want. It's what animals are doing. Prabhupada said, if you have a society of animals, just like if you have a room filled with dogs, if you throw in the food, you tell the dogs, now you line it up and uh, distribute it equally amongst each other. So they do that, they all start uh, fighting with each other and pulling. So if you have an animalistic society, you should be the chaos. If you have a God-conscious society, then only when they have order, mercy, justice, truthfulness, austerity. In the jungle, there's no compassion on the weak. The big, the strong eat the weak. This is what's going on. If someone has a bigger weapon, then he's overlording the weak. This law of the jungle. Nowadays, if there's a society that's very strong physically, they get a good many Olympic awards, they think it's very advanced. But in Vedic culture, that wasn't considered the most important thing. In fact, people, uh, sometimes they would watch the wrestlers wrestle and that it was the entertainment. And it wasn't considered very, uh, they're not the highly uh, elevated people of society. They're famous, they got some wealth, they're good wrestlers, good fighters. But people who are actually considered high class of society were the uh, very intelligent people in various spheres. Brahmanas were considered the most respectable, they were most intelligent. Now, Brahmanas are not considered so much as hardly their own fault, hardly because of the illusion of Maya. Not the Brahmana by caste, but anyone who's got that intelligence, they should be respected. They should be protected. So, Krishna consciousness is called Buddhi Yoga, how to use the intelligence in Krishna's service. So many people, we want them to become more fixed up in Krishna consciousness. So they introduce them, they can systematically study these things along with chanting. Taking Krishna Prasad, it becomes very easy. It's not academic study. This why reading we're not to understand. We have to also chant because this knowledge is to be realized. Someone may read but they may not really understand it. You chant and Krishna reveals the science in the heart. Krishna is the source of everything. Brahma, Shiva, all the living entities. When we understand Krishna is the source of everything, then what's our duty? He's my source, he's my origin, I should serve him. We serve the origin of everything. It's the natural. Right. Senses of the body, they are to serve the whole body. If the senses refuse to serve the whole body, then it's a disaster situation. The senses are diseased. 
Our nature is to be a servitor of the Lord. When we are serving the Lord, then we naturally feel blissful, we feel happy, everything is quite uh, appropriate. When we are trying to rebel against the Lord and do things against His instruction, then we are just put into the entanglements of material life. We are forced to suffer in various ways. So we should never think that the solution is, I, uh, the problem is I was serving Krishna, I have to stop serving Krishna. There should never be an option. It's our nature always to serve Krishna. But also nature, material world is that it's always going to have problems. So Maya will try to trick us that the solution to your problem is give up Krishna consciousness. After the solution to the problem, there will be some other solution to some temporary problem. But we have to see what is the solution. But we should never accept that any alternative which includes giving up Krishna consciousness. Because then that means that we're cast back into the whirlwind, whirlpool of a material person there. There was one king in uh, India. He was a king of a kingdom was called Suvar, uh, Suvarna Bihar. A very successful king. He has got good fame, good children, good family, all of wealth. He was doing all of the yajna. Karmakanda sacrificed to give charity to the Brahmana. So he was very convinced that all of life is material success. And you get success, he was religious, he did all the pious activities. Everything was coming smoothly. So he thought, this is now, I give success, I just have to go on, keep on doing the punyas, and everything will be alright. I'll remain materially successful. So one day, Nada Muni, he came to visit that king. And that uh, king gave very good reception to Narad Muni, gave him a place to sit, made this feed, made the puja, everything. So Narad was very uh, pleased with him. So then uh, the king asked for blessing from Narad. So Narad thought, okay, I'll give him the ultimate blessing. And he started to preach to him. Why you are wasting your life? Simply after this material thing. The happiness of the material life, this life, Vishnu is creating the universe, Brahma is also creating inside the universe. Just the creator is his only material function. There's the ambiguity of that name. If we say all pervasive, in everyone's heart, like in Christianity, they say the Holy Ghost, everywhere, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. Then it's like a Paramatma, then it's Vishnu. So you have to see what is the concept of that name, when they are saying that name, what is their definition? Like in, in, if you know the Thani, someone says, what's Thani? And they find this, and someone who doesn't know Tamil, he says, no, no, Jal. See, same thing, okay. So, philosophically, people are saying a name for God and what's their concept of God. It's similar. And you know, they're talking about the same thing. 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted that Allah is the name of Krishna, the name of God. He was a great scholar of the Quran. There many debates with that. He said actually in the Quran, if you read in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Madhya Lila, and he gives many points there. If there's any favorable Islamic pundit, it'd be good to sit down and go through the Quran and find out where all those things are mentioned. It's just in sutra form in our book. Lord Chaitanya says that in the Quran it says one should have ekanta bhakti, pure devotion, surrender to God, God is a person. These things are there that He's all merciful. He uh, sits on a, go- on a golden throne. In fact, the one of our devotees who was Mullah's son, he found out in the, the Quran, it says that uh, God is blue in color, sits on a golden throne, and he accepts all this offer to him to devotion. He pointed sloka, he said, whatever he called, they don't call sloka, but he showed that in Arabic it says that. He, was a, he mentioned that in a big lecture in Baghdad. At that time, one uh, Muslim said, he said, objection, he said, this is nowhere in the Quran. God has no color. And he went to the high court. Then the person who produced the verse and showed that it says right there, the person had to withdraw it. But we don't, I don't know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that verse. And that person, the devotee is uh, available somewhere else, some other country, I don't know where he is now. He came to my office about two years ago, then I wasn't there at the time. Maybe he's the best person. He's the one who translated the details. I don't know what they believe or don't believe, but according to Lord Chaitanya, when he talked with the Chalkhazi, there are many things in Islam in the Quran which people don't understand and don't uh, follow. And there's two paths. One is the Nibiti Marg and one is Praviti Marg. The higher path and lower path. And mostly people are doing the lower path. But there is a higher path also in Islam. But the people, the, 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 the Bulas don't teach about that. And people don't think about it. But there's a higher path. So there may be a lot of things in the Quran that people don't really understand. And that Chantazi, he said this is true. If he was a great scholar, if he had studied the Quran very deeply, he said, whatever you say is correct, but our pundits, they don't talk about it. If you go to the higher level of Islam, you find that it's very much in keeping with Krishna conscious principle. That's what Lord Chaitanya, he convinced big Islamic pundits on this point. And they accepted Lord Chaitanya as a fear or guru after that and began to follow his process. On the basis of Quran he would convince them. But ordinary people they don't know that level of Quran. He said also that the Quran is not very many intentions like that. Not very well understood by everybody and uh, actually it's the only one book that is limited. In that but Lord Chaitanya put great respect in the Quran. But he also said it has its limitations. 
But once they could see that what Lord Chaitanya was preaching was authorized for the Quran, then they would accept. But unfortunately, we don't have that scope uh, for discussing with people of that religion. Maybe in India, but they're not also very. Uh, we have to become experts then in the Quran to discuss with them. If there's someone who's open. And in most countries, you know, it's not, uh, the environment is not there to discuss these matters. But uh, if there is a scope there, uh, apparently it's a good level of uh, discussion could be held. If both people knew that, two Shastra. <coughs> But we are looking for that, uh, that, uh, that uh, Lebanese ruler's uh, son. He was going, roaming around India trying to find where is the pundit we could discuss to. One ruler told him, I want to speak to you in Cairo. Then uh, he asked everyone to leave, he talked, and Mullah said, You're from Middle East? Yes. You're really in, from the Middle East, from the Gulf, from the Middle East. Yes. You get me a job, I know how to drive a taxi driver or something involved. He was shocked. I thought you want to talk some philosophy. You can ask me to get a job, you know. He wants position you already have <laughs> He couldn't find anyone who was, there must be, but he didn't encounter me. As he got to get used to it. You know, there's very short temper for people. When he heard that, he starts blasting again. There's no politics, it's very... I, went, I was in Iran during the Shah of Iran time. And I found that people were very nice. If there's no political, you don't feel repressed. You can just talk to them like that, like any other human being. You can just talk, you know, without fearing that... Uh, I'm going to get some kind of, a, you know, reprisal or something. They're very nice. And you can discuss philosophically and uh, it's just a very interesting discussion. In uh, Israel we have that situation. Because there, the, there are the Jews don't care if you teach to get up. All over the world we sing our temple prayers. Either in the Sanskrit or one or a few like the Sri Guru China Padma. Are in Bengali. Otherwise, the samsara fair Sanskrit. Samsara Dhavanavali Loka. Most everything is the Sanskrit. Mangalarti is Sanskrit. Sandhyarti and Akibaja uh, Ajay is uh, that's in Bengali. But this Bengali is 80% Sanskrit. It's simplified German. It's not the that way, just uh, we chant all over the world the same form. Uh, but for bhajan, yeah, you can sing some of the songs of the alwars. That way, we're singing some of the Vaishnava prayers in different languages. It's not restricted. You can sing in any language. Even they're singing our English bhajan. 
Christian and in one language. So some otherwise the difficulty is that if we write a song in our local language, our philosophy may not be right on the mark. But like there are uh, Tamil songs by Alwais and which are very devotional, glorifying Krishna or Karnataka. So these things, uh, I think Banu Maharaj is going through and selecting some of the best uh, of those which could be sung by the Tamil devotees. Free and consultation with some devotees. And on Malaysia they also go through it. So that way, you see, some of the Alvars are, some may be singing to Krishna as the theme, and some may be more in the Vishnu Tantra. So that way they select the ones which are more appropriate for Krishna Bhakti. Those could be sung. So that way, someone has to review what are the translation and what's the meaning, which is the most appropriate for us, for preaching purpose. So they sang so many songs, thousands, so we should select just a few which would be most suitable. 